Hi, everyone, and welcome to Seven Mile Chats, a podcast where each week I, Julia Struckley, talk with someone about a scripture verse of their choosing, and we look at that scripture from different angles. I'm a scripture teacher at a Catholic school. I've been a youth minister. I'm a blogger, a writer, and I have a master's in theology. But the purpose of this podcast is just to have a conversation about scripture and try to apply it to today's world. And today I'm walking and talking with someone I've not yet met in person, but as a connection through Instagram, where she's known as the Catholic Sobriety Coach. She coaches women looking to reduce or eliminate their alcohol intake and also coaches women in recovery. It's Christy Walker. Welcome, Christy. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. Um, Why don't you share a little bit more about yourself with the listeners? Sure. I am a joy-filled Catholic, and my husband, Chris, and I have been married for 19 years. We have all boys. We have twins who are 16 and a 10-year-old, and we live in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. I am also a recovering alcoholic, and I celebrated 26 years of sobriety this past February, so that's why I kind of do what I do. I just have a really, I have a heart for helping women um, just kind of clean up the mental mess that either keeps them drinking more than they would like to or helps them in recovery because once we stop drinking, everything isn't just perfect. Like There's a lot more work to do. And then I also have been a, um, I co-coordinate a Bible study at my parish and have done that and done small group leading of that for the past seven years. And that's one of the things I, I love so much about your podcast is it's not just us reading scripture, it's really delving into it and seeing the history and how it applies to our daily life. And I know that personally and with the women that I work with at my parish, I've seen so much fruit and really a transformation in their uh, spiritual lives and growth in their Catholic faith. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing all of that. Um, My initial question is like, are you, have you been a born and raised Catholic or, or you, did you convert? Yes. So I'm a cradle Catholic, but I, I fell away from the faith. Like when I was going through all of my crazy days, crazy wild days. And it did take me a while. So it's been a journey. Um, My sobriety journey and my uh, spiritual journey are very tightly intertwined. And my husband was baptized Catholic, but not raised Catholic. So we were not married in the church. And then he came into the church and we had our marriage convalidated and all of these things. So we've been, it's been really beautiful because even though I was a cradle Catholic, we've really grown together in our faith and our love of scripture and our love of the church and then being able to raise our sons up in the faith as well. That's awesome. And I, you were, we were before we recording hit record. um, You were mentioning that you all originally from Idaho, but didn't know each other when you were in Idaho. And I um, I'm trying to do all 50 states. It's like one of my mm-hmm. things I'm trying to do 50, 50 before 50. And I just went to Idaho this year, but we just went to Idaho Springs. We were like coming back from Wyoming, Jackson Hole, uh-huh. and we kind of swung past it. Um, but I don't know. Can you share more about like what it's like being from Idaho in the upper Northwest? Yeah. So I love Idaho, but I've lived, I've actually lived in like the Washington, Oregon area longer than I lived in Idaho, but Um, My husband and I are from like the Boise and Meridian area, and then we still have family that lives over there. We go back every year. We love it. Our kids get so excited to go to Idaho and visit. And then um, I just love living where we live because it's so beautiful. We're really close to like the mountains. We're close to the ocean. 
We're not too far away from Seattle. And um, yeah, we're just kind of in a good spot. But I mean, it's a very unchurched area. And so mm. I kind of feel like we're missionaries in this area as well, where Idaho is um, a little bit, there was a really more of a bigger Catholic community there. And we do have a mm-hmm. great community where we are here, but there it just seems like a lot more work to do and we're here for it. Yeah, no, that was my other kind of question is I just don't, I'm not familiar with the Catholic church out there and what the scene is like. So thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't wait to talk about this scripture with you. When you're doing your Bible studies, was there a favorite book that you all were looking at or a favorite passage like that you've done with your Bible study? Yes. So we do the, I don't know if you've ever heard of Walking with Purpose, but we do um, Mm -hmm. Walking with Purpose. We love it. Our women love it. But my very favorite one that we have done thus far was called Touching the Divine. And that was on the book of John. And it was just Mm -hmm. an incredible study. The sad part is like towards the end of it, we didn't get to finish it as a group. We finished it on our own, but it's when uh, the pandemic hit. And so we actually had a couple more months of that study. So we're hoping to go back and do it again. But I loved diving into the history of it and just the meaning. And I just saw that book in a whole new way. Mm-hmm. I love the Gospel of John, too. I love the mm-hmm. symbolism of it. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be talking about a passage from Isaiah in the Old Testament. Um, so we're going to be doing Isaiah 43, verses 1 and 2, and I'm going to have you read that for us. Okay. But now thus says the Lord, who created you, Jacob, and formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through waters, I will be with you. Through rivers, you shall not be swept away. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, nor will flames consume you. Okay, so I'm going to have a little kind of background about this passage in Isaiah, and then I'll ask you why you chose it. So the book of Isaiah, we've actually done um, a few passages from Isaiah, and we did something from this chapter. We did, I think, verses 18 and 19 on the first season. Um, But Isaiah is actually written, there's like an Isaiah 1 and an Isaiah 2. It's written by a couple different authors, one before the Babylonian exile and one kind of during and after. And so this section of Isaiah was probably around the time of the Babylonian exile when um, the people of Israel were being overtaken by Babylon, being taken from their homes to Babylon and being made forced uh, forced to worship like false gods and just really struggling. But actually their culture kind of flourished and they clung to God in this time when they were being taken over. Um, And so I feel like these words, these verses of verses one and two really kind of give us the sense of God's message through Isaiah saying like, even though this time is chaotic, I'm with you and I'm going to protect you um, in this, you know, crazy time when you're being taken from your home. So that's a little context of kind of where we're at. But my question for you is why did you choose this passage, Christy? Yeah, I chose this passage because I mean, identity is something that we hear a lot about and I think that people are often looking in the wrong places or not in places that will bring them true fulfillment. And I see that a lot here where I, where I live. I also know as a woman in recovery that I was far away from God. And had I known 
um, some of the beautiful words and promises contained in these verses, I would have clung to that tighter and maybe I would have felt worthy enough to come back sooner than I did. It took me a really long time of healing and trust. And so because also because of the women that I work with, it's not just about their alcohol consumption. It's really about um, the underlying issues of having shame, guilt, and regret and keeping, and they keep in that cycle. But I feel like if they knew and really understood and believed how much God loves them, it just, it always makes moving forward easier. So I picked this chapter because it says, the first thing it says at the top is promises of redemption and restoration. And I think that's so beautiful and that's something that we all need. And in some way or form in our lives, we all obviously need a redeemer and that's why we have Jesus. But um, yeah, so I heard this quote once that said, when we forget who we are, we, we start acting like who we are not. But I would go further and mm. say that also happens when we forget whose we are. So part of the work that mm -hmm. I do is just helping women remember just how loved and how cherished and how value, valued they are and how much they mean to the Lord. So the first verse, the Lord reveals his love for us and reminds us who we are. He says, I created and formed you. So why are we here? We're here simply because God wants us here. He wants each and every single one of us. And we're created out of love and for a purpose. And I mean, we can just read Psalm 139 and know mm -hmm. just how loved we are. And then God also says, do not fear. And as humans, we worry and we fret and we don't see the whole picture. And it's really hard to trust sometimes. And so we try to take things into our own control instead of turning things over. And I'm completely speaking from my own experience here. <laughs> I definitely mm -hmm. do that. But he tells us, do not fear, because he has redeemed us. And so Jesus's pure sacrifice on the cross redeemed us. And then we have the sacraments and God's grace that strengthens us. So we're never alone, even when we feel very alone. He's mm -hmm. there with us, walking with us, and he's rooting for us. He's not there just waiting for us to mess up. And then he says, I have called you by name. And names are so important. They're part of our identity and they help distinguish us from one another and define us. And throughout the Bible, we see God use names to communicate a message, affiliation, and indicate a new beginning. So the fact that God says that he knows us by name is very intimate. And then finally, in verse one, he also says, you are mine. So if you've ever asked yourself, who am I and why am I here? If you have ever felt lonely or abandoned or rejected or used or hopeless, this is the verse to cling to. You are mine. And then verse two, I just wanted to include also because it's so beautiful, because again, it just shows us that we are not alone. Even when we are really walking through really hard suffering, and it's so hard to find that joy and that peace, or even feel like, you know, it might feel like the world is crashing in on us. But 
God is telling us that he is always with us. He's protecting us as we walk through the rushing waters. The fire cannot consume us. We will never be overtaken. If we turn our faces to him, he will give us the peace that can only be found when we cry out to him. That's also well said. There's so much. I love how you broke it down kind of verse by verse for us. You know, as a scripture teacher, I'm always thinking of like context. So I go straight to like, oh, what this would have meant for the people when they're leaving Babylon or like when they're stuck in Babylon. Um, But I love how you applied it to Jesus and his redemption of our sin. And because certainly Isaiah is also prophesying prophesying about um, the Messiah, which would be Jesus. And then, you know, we're here to talk about how it applies today, too. And I, I like how you connected this to identity, because in that first verse, he is saying, like, remember who created you and whose you are and that I've called you by name. And like, who doesn't, you know, yes, the people at that time needed to be reminded whose they were and that, that God had had them and was protecting them. But yeah, for us today, too. So much of, a, of what we crave as humans is to be known and that like intimacy. And I think I agree with you that a lot of what's going on in our society and has always kind of gone on is, you know, we reach and cling to these other things to try to form an identity for ourselves. Like we'll cling to our politics or we'll cling to, you know, images on social media or whatever, clothes brands and stuff um, rather than maybe go into our faith and kind of figure out like whose we are, as you said. So has this verse always been kind of a big one for you or how did you come across this verse? So it's kind of funny how I came across it. One, um, I guess it was in the summertime. There's in my Bible study group, we had drawn names of people to pray for over the summer. And the woman who drew, drew my name approached me after mass one day. And she's like, I'm, I'm the one who's praying for you all summer. And I was like, oh, thank you. She's like, I have a gift for you. And she gave me um, this coffee mug. And on the coffee mug, it said, you are mine, Isaiah 43, 1. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, and it was like a color that I loved and it felt really good. And I was like, oh, this is like the best mug. I love it so much. So I had it and I was getting up to do, I was getting up early in the mornings to write a reflection that I was doing And um, I wasn't writing it about this verse. I actually hadn't even looked at this verse before. I mean, I'm sure I had read it. I'm sure I had seen it some places, but it never like stuck out to me before. And so I was writing a reflection on a different something. And that mug was sitting there with steaming hot coffee in it. And I kept looking at it and I'm like, you are mine. You are mine. So I looked up the verse and oh my goodness, the Holy Spirit just like flooded me. I was like, oh, I couldn't stop writing. I was just writing so fast. And I was like, okay, well, I have to change the direction (laughs) of my reflection. (laughs) And yeah, so that's how I came upon it. And I've just fallen so in love with it. I've given reflections on it. I try to include it in any like speaking engagements that I do just because I think it's so important. And I was super blessed to be able to do a retreat, help with a retreat for our eighth grade, our eighth graders that were graduating. And so I did a whole reflection for them on it as they're um, preparing to go to high school. Because I just feel so strongly that if more people knew these truths and this felt this love, that it would carry them through some really hard times. 
especially kids who I love that you were able to give that to eighth graders because especially kids and, and I know in my teens, like just that's when you're trying to figure out who you are, your identity, and and it can be dangerous to try to take our identity and other things. So I, I love being rooted in this in this verse. What else would you like to say about this this verse? Is there something else you'd like to draw our attention to? No, I think I hit all the points, but I would just say mm-hmm. that if you know somebody who needs to know this, share it with them. Like you can even just mm-hmm. share the part that says you are mine with the verse and the verse number, just kind of like when I saw that on the mug, those were the only three words, you are mine. And it intrigued me and that it got me looking at it. And so I think that we can do that just to even people that are far away from the church. I think sometimes it just takes a little something like that, just showing, even if you just put it like in a card or something, they might be like, hmm, I wonder what that mm-hmm. is and look it up. But I think if we can share mm-hmm. this far and wide, it's going to help so many people feel loved Mm -hmm. and stop trying to seek who they are because they'll know who they are in Christ. Mm. Yeah. I like, I love those. Like sometimes I'll be at a chapel or something uh, or maybe even on the side of the road or something, you see people like scribbled verses and I do, I go and look up because of course I feel like, Oh, maybe it's a message for me. Like, so yeah, I like that idea of just kind of be writing down the verse and then I don't know, putting it somewhere so someone can find it. I like that little reminder when you're working with um, women in recovery, do you use scripture to help them? Yes. Yeah. I try to infuse our Catholic faith in everything that I do um, working with all of my clients. And I think it's something that's so needed because we have, there's a lot of great programs out there for people who are looking, you know, to drink less or not at all, or people who are in recovery. And, you know, there's 12 step programs, there's all kinds of things out there. But I just, as Catholics, we have such a treasure trove of you know, other things we have the sacraments and of course the scripture and the saints. And so I try to infuse as much of that as possible. And that's why I am a Catholic sobriety coach instead of just a sobriety coach. I think that's so cool. Are there saints that you use? Cause I, I mean, I love saints. That's, you know, one of my favorite things about being Catholic and I'm sure there were saints that, I don't know, had history of alcohol or like connected or can help us with it. Do you have like some examples that you use? Yeah. So, I mean, St. Augustine, he's like the poster Mm -hmm. child for for, um, Mm -hmm. those of us who struggle with vice, all sorts of vice. And so there's him, but then of course his mother, St. Monica is a great intercessor. When I work with people who have family members who are struggling with addiction Um, which I have had a couple of those types of clients as well. I usually point them to St. Monica for an act to ask for her Mm -hmm. intercession. Um, Mary Magdalene is someone that I just feel a kinship to. And even though we don't know exactly everything she struggled with, I know Mm -hmm. there's like different, um, different thoughts, I guess, on, Mm -hmm. on what her struggles were. I just really identify with her so strongly and the fact that she was willing to just kind of like give herself over to Jesus after he redeemed her because that's how I feel. I feel like he saved me and I'm redeemed. And so I just want to 
point people to him as much as possible. And I think that's what her goal was as well. Mm-hmm. I would totally agree. I love her. Um, you know, the fact that after the resurrection, she's the one who goes to the tomb and he appears to her. Like there's definitely like that, um, those encounters, I mm-hmm. think that she's had with him are so powerful and that, that she let that transform her. Um, I think that's a great example for us to have those encounters with Christ and let them tr- transform us as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and to connect it back to like this passage with Isaiah, with the redemption, um, it's such a message of hope. I feel like Isaiah was going to, was, you know, Isaiah was a, a messenger, a prophet who was given these messages then to give to the people, uh, whether it be about Jesus or whether it be about um, the time period that they were living in. It just offers such a message of hope to be known that you are formed, that you're protected. Um, like how, I guess, how else can give this give this passage give us hope, especially maybe people who are in, in recovery, how can it give us hope? I know we've kind of already touched on it, but yeah. So I think as a Catholic woman, I can tell you that again, it was really hard for me to come back to the church because for some reason, I don't mm-hmm. know why, but I thought it was a museum for saints or whatever that quote is. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I thought everyone mm-hmm. was so much better than me and that I didn't belong there. And honestly, I actually started going to other churches because I thought there's no way that I am worthy enough to be there. And I have to do so many things to try to be back in full communion. But one of the greatest blessings, and I thank God so much, is that I just had it in me that I could come back at some point, and I And I did. So I think the message is, even if you think that there's no way you could come back, or if you're feeling unworthy, if you feel a lot of shame and regret, like the church is the best place for you. Like nothing is better than availing yourself of the sacrament of reconciliation that heals so many hurts. It's scary at first. (laughs) It was really hard coming back for my first um, reconciliation after being away from the church for a long time, but it just started opening me up so that God could just pour his graces into me. And the more that my family and I, and my husband and I worked to do um, the work that we needed inside of us and to ask for help from the church and others, the more God could pour into us and transform us. And it's just the fruits have been incredible. So never feel like you can't come back or that you're too far away because you're not, you're never too far gone for, for God. Mm-hmm. No, I love that. Yeah. We, I teach, you know, um, Catholic education and, you know, the sacraments are something obviously that we talk about and I feel like we take them for granted, um, that they offer such grace. And for, especially for people who maybe been away from the church, like you mentioned that, that it can be scary, but there is that that grace that really is transformative and meant to be there, and, and we shouldn't take those those gifts for granted because um, not everyone is able to partake in them, and uh, they're such a gift for us to take advantage of. Um, I keep going back to what you were saying originally. Now, I, it's so funny when I have these conversations; like I never really know where they're going to go, and I really am struck by since you drew drew our attention to like that calling by name and that forming and that identity. Um, how do you think like us being known or like um, 
being reminded of who we are, how can that like transform us and be redemptive? Yeah. So, I mean, if you think about when you, as a coach, I do a lot of listening, like that's, I do a lot of active listening and people are not used to being listened to, um, looked in the eye, really just feeling like they're known because we're so, especially now with technology, which technology is wonderful. I mean, look at us, we can have this awesome conversation from far away, but at the same time, it also separates us so much. And so I think part of just being known by God is also knowing that we belong to each other. Like there's, I think there's a St. Teresa of Calcutta quote that's something like that. Like we've forgotten that we belong to each other and that's part of our troubles in this world. And I'm such a firm believer in people like knowing and understanding like their spiritual gifts, um, just calling on that power that we've been given like during our baptism and, and sealed with at our confirmation, just all of those things because it connects us and we're all part of the family of God. And so I think that it's important for us to realize not only are we known by God and that he knows us, but we need to show that to other people, look them in the eye, invite them, ask them questions. Um, we've, we're so often, at least around here, we're so just very shallow with our conversations. Like, how are you? Good. How's the weather? Good. You know, like all these things, but really diving deep and not being intrusive, but just like asking people, can I pray for you? Or I see you're struggling or, you know, just trying to pay attention to those things, I think helps others. So yes, God knows us. He calls us by name, but we also are called to share that with others. Yeah, because you also mentioned earlier when we were looking at this passage about the the element of that we're not alone, and I'm sure that's so huge and big, like in recovery. Um, you know why like alcohol AA is so important or so helpful because you are in those. I've never been in in those situations, but I'm assuming like it, it is helpful to know that you aren't alone and you can see these other people who have been through what you what you've been through or similar situations. Um, you know, I don't want to I don't want to speak to that, but do you do you see like Am I right? Like community is super helpful in recovery as well. Oh, a hundred percent. If you don't have, mm-hmm. if somebody doesn't have support or accountability, then it's really, really, really difficult to maintain your sobriety or, you know, stick with recovery. So you definitely need that. Now I felt I was part of AA for a while, but then um, I stopped going for there were some reasons why, but I, that I won't get into, but I love AA and it, it was such a great place for me to be. And I had a lot of support and, and all of that. What I was missing was the um, community aspect of it, the Catholic community aspect of it. Although it is faith-based, there's people that believe all different kinds of things or don't believe anything. Um so it's, I feel like it's really important not just to be connected with other people who know your struggles, but it's even better if you can be connected with people that know your struggles, but also share your faith mm-hmm. and, and those types of things. Now, sometimes it's 
just a family, like having your family be very supportive, speaking it out, letting people know, like, this is something I struggle with, which is also scary. But like when I was first in recovery, I pretty much told everybody that would listen because I thought, okay, well, they know. So if they see me drink, then I have to face the fact that they know that they see me drink. So it was kind of my way of like giving myself accountability with Mm -hmm. friends and family. But yeah, for sure. We all need each other. We need each other to, for support, if we're trying to, um, untangle ourselves from a vice. We need support if we're going through suffering, grief. We need support in raising our kids, in the joys. And I think, I mean, that's one of the best things that has happened through our Bible study is just, I've been connected with so many women in my parish of all ages, age ranges, and we just share our lives and we're there for each other to pray and Yeah, I think we could all use a lot more of that, whether you're in recovery or just a mom at home with your little kids. You know, we all need that connection and community. Mm -hmm. And I think that goes back to what you were saying at the beginning, too, about how maybe we seek our identity and other things because we don't know and we don't have that community. So we might seek. I know I'm I'm doing like a, a program right now for spiritual direction to become a spiritual director. And we're reading a book on ritual. And just like things like CrossFit and like these community things that have become so huge because people found other people that have a similar interest in them. And so like they've become these phenomenons, whereas like the church, you know, also offers that. And it's like a, just kind of a different kind of ritual or a different kind of community. So there's a need for that. Um, but I like how you've kind of point, pointed us through the scripture, like to keep in mind, like whose we are and that we can find that in our faith. And, and through Christ. So as we wrap up, what else, what else would you like to say about this? Um, final thoughts. Um, you can also share about yourself and where people can maybe find help if they, if they want um, or, or in need of recovery. So what else would you like to, to say as, as we wrap up here? Yeah. So again, I have just, thank you so much for having me here today. I've loved our conversation and being able to go over this verse that means so much to me and share it with others. And um, yeah, so I am, you can find me at on Instagram, Facebook. I'm mostly, I'm really active on Instagram, not so much on Facebook, but if you just search up the Catholic Sobriety Coach, um, my website is the Catholic Sobriety Coach. I'm offering a five-day sacred sobriety kickstart right now. So if alcohol just feels like it's becoming a problem for you, maybe you don't think that you have an alcohol problem, but it's becoming a problem for you or causing chaos in your life, you can find that on my website. You can find a link on my website or on Instagram to sign up for that. I just launched a, what's a course, I'm calling it a lab because it's a program that goes even deeper into how to gain awareness around your drinking, get confidence, um, decide from a place of peace whether you're going to drink or not drink. But it's so much more than that because I go into um, just a lot of other things, not just mindset, but like taking care of our bodies, our prayer life, and, um, and a lot of other things. So I'm really excited about that. I have a podcast. I would love it if anyone would love to listen to that. It's called the Catholic Sobriety Podcast. And you can find that on pretty much any podcast 
um, listening app. And yeah, so that's it. I think that's so, especially around the holidays, you know, we're going to be partaking and vibing, but I like how just being more intentional, like I, I definitely enjoy cocktail and wine. Mm -hmm. We were doing like a little reflection activity. And since we are still in school, I did like a little prayer, a pair deck, which is like kids can like write answers and like draw pictures and stuff. And I was like, draw me on my break. Like, what am I doing? And kids were like <laughs> having me with a cocktail. I was like, you're not wrong, but also <laughs> what does this say about me? But, um, but yeah, just like the, you know, around the holidays and stuff to think about why are we drinking? Is it to celebrate? Is it to cover up something? Is it um, sometimes for me, it's like social anxiety. Like I just am uncomfortable at a party or don't know anybody. So I'm going to have my cocktail, you know, but I think that's that's a good good time of year to be thinking about it. So making news, New Year's resolutions and stuff. So definitely check out Christy and all of her things on Instagram. I know you make cute little videos too on Instagram. So definitely check her out. Um, if you all want to follow me, if you aren't already, I'm uh, also on Instagram at 7 Mile Chats, all spelled out. I'm on X now since it's not Twitter anymore <laughs> at Miss Ruckley One. Um, I still I must still call it tweeting. I still tweet about like things I'm doing in my classroom on X. So at Miss Druckley one, you can find me there. I'm also on TikTok now with the children. So <laughs> um, you can find me there at Swifty teacher. Uh, but Christy, thank you so much for doing this. I love this verse and I loved our conversation. So thank you for being here. Oh, I did too. Thank you so much for having me. Bye everyone. <laughs>